This is a chat with Hank, and I'm Hank Multala. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen. Initially, I wanted to discuss an updated, more refined service that we brought back, and, and that is executive placements. And, and recently, we've been engaged a great deal uh, you know, with placements and strategic hires for firms. And since we're in the financial services space and financial industry, we work with broker-dealers, RIAs, hybrid firms, uh, OSJs, asset managers, clearing custodial firms, as well as solo multi-partner practices. And the positions we've been asked to fill are typically at the director level of above, and that may be in operations, in marketing, uh, business development, well, let's hear compliance, and relationship managers, asset managers, portfolio managers, and, and other managers and the like. And I thought since there are so many similar questions around the process, it was probably best to do a podcast to address some of the common questions around executive placement and give anyone a, a, a quality foundation of the process that's involved. And I feel this is initially better to respect everyone's time to learn more about the process and our services in a in a 15-minute podcast on your own time versus a 45-minute call. So what I wanted to discuss is broken up broadly to cover different uh, fee models, the fees themselves, uh, finding the right, uh, finding the value in a right headhunter, and some common mistakes that I wanted to share. So a headhunter placement, executive search uh, firm, they're all interchangeable in the discussion. So I think it's best to begin with the role of a placement firm, a headhunter, whatever descriptive you want to use. Very simply, the goal of a headhunter is to find a qualified individual to meet or exceed hiring needs. Someone who is going to find a long-term, typically full-time employee, and someone who is hunting top-level talent for an organization within an industry. So let's dive in. Let's, let's first discuss the types of fee models, the distinguishing factors, and then discuss compensation. And if some of this is rudimentary in the beginning, my apologies. So from a compensation standpoint, there's, there's two models for headhunters. There's contingency recruiting and retained recruiting. Contingency recruiting tends to favor a lot of companies filling lower-level positions because contingency firms cannot uh, dedicate unlimited resource to contingency searches. You know, these searches usually require less research, resulting in a lot quicker turnaround, and are really directed for people perhaps on the move or between jobs. Uh, the fee you pay in contingency recruiting is dependent on the recruiter finding the right candidate and you hiring that candidate. Uh, with this search, you only pay for a fee when you hire someone from that specific headhunter. So from a financial perspective, it, it seems less risky because you aren't paying any money up front. Again, I'll, I'll mention this a few times, but I can't stress uh, enough the importance that uh, you really get what you pay for. For retained recruiting, one utilizes a recruiter fee <clears throat> that you're typically going to pay a, a bit up front of the overall expense, and sometimes that's known as an engagement fee. Typically, a retained headhunter is going to work on a handful of positions only, which it results in us having to say no to other placement opportunities in the same industry. 
And of course, this is a big benefit as it creates prioritization of your placement needs. You're paying the recruiter for working on a search for you, and typically the recruiter will have exclusivity working that role. Any money that you pay up front to a retained recruiter will come out of the final invoice, and because of the exclusivity and, uh, and the limited number of open contracts, retained recruiting tends to be reserved for the more higher level roles that require special attention. And normally these individuals who you're speaking with or the candidates, prospective candidates, these are individuals who are typically happy in their present role. They're not actively looking and they, they do not respond to job ads or, or, or posts. So now that we've gone over the recruiting models, let's, let's discuss costs here a little bit. The, the costs for various recruiters are, are quite similar and there may be some minor differences depending on which company you work with, but uh, the fee models for permanent placement versus uh, contract candidates can diverge somewhat. So fees are determined by the candidate's first year salary as agreed in an offer letter. And that offer letter is something you share with the recruiter in the beginning. Some headhunters may base their placement fee not just on the first year's salary, but it may include a sign-on bonus or any other compensation that happens in that first year, but typically it wouldn't include things like uh, sales commissions or bonuses or relocation expenses. The fees can be as low as you know 15% and as high as 40, 40 to 50. And again, it can vary depending on the role that is being filled and its level of performance and its, and its level of significance to the company. The industry standard is typically between 20 to 25%. And there's a lot more firms out there nowadays doing extremely low fees, um, 10 to 15%. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get much better service than you might at the 25% range. <clears throat> Again, the, the range of fees can vary greatly on which firm you work with and what type of position you're, you're looking to fill. So let's look at a very simple example, $100,000 compensation, 20% fee. That's a $20,000 fee paid to a headhunter. One who's on a contingency basis invoices once a candidate has been hired. A retained agreement, eh, they typically break in fees into thirds. Um, one third initially, at the, as I mentioned, was an engagement fee. A third may be 60 to 90 days out. And then all the upfront expenses will be deducted from the final invoice. And, and, I'll, and I'll state this again. Keep in mind, when you're hiring a headhunter, as with anything, you always get what you pay for. So... Since I've given you an overview of the industry average, and since we operate in a fiduciary model, let me be transparent on how our fees work. We simply calculate fees based on a verified starting salary. We subtract out FICA that is paid by the company in the first year. <clears throat> we came to that decision that there's no reason a company should pay a finder's fee in a new hire's portion of the FICA because it's required. Uh, we do not include first year's bonuses or any other compensation. And also, since firms do utilize some uh, sort of social media in an attempt to generate leads, we assume those expenses and we can work with your firm to complement anything existing that, that may already be in place. Now, is social media our primary source of generating leads? Uh, hell no. <laughs> we, we don't rely on social media to be a large contributor to the candidate pool. But we still believe it's essential to have a presence and to utilize all the tools that are available to us. Uh, the best ways to engage with prospective candidates 
is not through advertising or listing, but by approaching them directly. And just so you're aware, uh, Advisor First Partners only works on a retainer as we place strategic and high-level positions at firms. But our fees, as I mentioned, are calculated a bit, a bit different from the industry, as, as I mentioned. Some companies may stray from that retainer model due to the upfront cost, which I understand. And that's why we developed a unique uh, retainer model that is extremely low risk, but still provides all the benefits and is highly more effective in terms of success and quality of hire than contingency recruiting, especially when you have that role that requires that special attention. So since we don't have time to cover all the variables that go into the placement, we're happy to give details during any, any future discussions. So <clears throat> I've spoken with uh, numerous clients that have had uh, a challenging uh, spot to fill. And the one complaint that I hear most often is that contingency-based headhunters do not show quality candidates. And that, that really doesn't surprise me, as I mentioned before, that you know, contingent firms can't commit a great deal of resources for an extended period to attract quality candidates and, and eventually fall into the old model of throwing enough shit at the wall and hope something sticks. That, that's not the way I would think of filling a critical role if I was in HR uh, for a company. So very simply, if there's no exclusivity, no focus, uh, no long-term commitment to the process, then there's little to no success in the process itself, and that's why I think contingent agreements will always have these challenges. So I also want to provide a little bit more clarity on remuneration. I'm sure you recognize that there's a, there's a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of research that goes into these placements. And to, to best align mutual interests, there needs to be, I would call it a, a stake in the final result. And by stake, I mean time and research by one party and a financial commitment by the other party. Without a stake by both parties, I always ask, what's the incentive for the one that has committed nothing to the process? What's the incentive to push and reach a goal set forth for placement? Is it, is it just for the hope that they may receive a fee at the end? Um, the answer is there is none. You know, we say no to other placement opportunities in the same industry because of the work required and the exclusivity, and we want the same commitment by the client. Uh, verbal promises, uh, statements, or a, or a dangling financial carrot out there, it's not a substitute for dedicated assurances or, or resources committed by both parties to the process. You know, as a retained search firm, we find this is more, it's, it's more customized, it reduces the risk of a bad hire. It creates um, a higher priority within a headhunting organization. There's greater vetting. There's greater feedback. There's real-time uh, updates. And it's, and it's a very uh, proactive process versus passive. And I, and I hope that gives you a little bit more clarity on the compensation model that uh, we elected. Uh, so why can it seem so effing difficult to find the right headhunting partner? And a lot of the information that I'm going to go over and finding the right headhunter partner really applies to retain recruiting because the quality and the quantity of services involved in that is, is considerably more than contingent agreements. <clears throat> so if, if you're looking for a headhunter, you really want to make sure you ask some appropriate questions 
to, to make sure you hire the right person or the right agency. There are a lot of different recruiting companies and you know they specialize in different industries and there are firms that specialize in areas within those industries and then there's generalists. It's one of the first places to start when interviewing a recruiter. So let's look first at industry and positions. You wanna find out what industries they recruit in and the types of companies they have worked with. Now, industry can mean a lot of different things to different people. So we recommend you asking the headhunter to tell you about the different companies that they work with. And this will give you an idea whether you fit into their uh, ideal client type. Uh, next, you wanna ask them about the kind of positions they filled. Again, you wanna be listening to see if the positions they filled are similar to your placement needs. I wouldn't worry or too much or get caught up in the specifics of this as, as many positions can be very similar from company to company. What you wanna be listening for is if, if they're similar enough to your needs. And one way to check their competence to recruit in a specific industry or position is to listen to the language, and I'm using air quotes around language, is to listen to the language of the industry. And what I mean by this is, is the acronyms, the words that may only be descriptive within a specific industry. For example, if you're looking to fill a role in financial services, and more specifically in asset management. And the headhunter is lost in terms like RIA, TAMPS, you know, GIPS compliant. You have the wrong person. You need someone who is conversant in, in the specifics of the industry and can give or, or can have intelligent conversations with a candidate. Remember that the headhunter is really a voice for you in the marketplace. And if their absence of industry knowledge is obvious, the role becomes much harder to fill, not to mention it's, it's, a, it's a huge turnoff for the candidates. Um, after specialization, the next thing to get a clear understanding of is how do they operate and what's their method? You want to get a clear sense of, of, of how they engage and are engaged in the overall process. You want to clearly recognize how they source leads what the discussions are that they are having with potential candidates, when and how you're introduced to the candidate, and what transpires afterwards. The headhunter needs to have a great deal of experience in full cycle recruiting. They must be hands-on, they must be structured. You know, they can also assist in negotiations, discussing counter offers, extending offers, and they're really exceptional, most of them are, at, <laughs> at managing relationships with the candidates. So any headhunter who does all their and again, this is another word of warning. You know, any, any headhunter does all their sourcing via social media should be cast aside. Any headhunter who is not a partner in the process should also be forgotten about. And, and, and any headhunter who is not structured, I would just run away. Uh, you know, the methods and, and the processes are where the faults of a crappy headhunter will become apparent. And for this primary reason of structure and procedures, we elected to manage placement processes like a project manager. You know, we, we standardize communications, we establish uh, standing weekly briefings, we discuss issues, concerns, the pipeline status with, with all the parties involved. So headhunters do a great deal of work to find candidates and the ones with the structure 
are the ones to gravitate towards. You know, in, in a retained search, you know, we speak with the firms, we identify potential candidates, we approach them, we assess their, you know, do they meet the qualifications, we have primary interviews and discussions, we present the candidates either through shortlist or individuals, there's client interviews, there's negotiations, there's completion. It's a very thought out and well-defined process. And on a contingent search, you, the way most of them do it is they find the common requirements to be filled. They do a broad search, they forward the leads to the client, they check on status of the, of the uh, prospective candidates, and it, it's very non-engaging, it's very non-committal. Non so finally, and I save this for last, you wanna find out what makes them unique. Uh, since there are numerous headhunting firms out there, ask how they differentiate themselves. Is it their size? Is it their specialty? Is it that they are selective with who they work with? Is it their expertise? There, there's a multitude of distinctive aspects that can separate firms, and you want to make sure that they have a clear understanding of the industry insights and the abilities to address your needs. You'll learn a lot about a person <laughs> or their firm and how they will help you in your search. Your goal is to find someone that you can trust, that aligns with your objectives, as, as that should be your primary importance, and cost should be second. Prices, you know, I've always thought prices are only important in the absence of value. I, I, I didn't come up with that, I, I heard it years ago, but I, I firmly believe that. You know, we talked about all the differentials, you need to focus on the right headhunter for your business at the right cost, otherwise you will not get the results you expect. So I'll give you an example. As I mentioned earlier, one of the things that makes us unique is we manage placements the same way we do project management. We bring structure, we follow procedures and processes, we define tasks and outlines to complete the project. We take on a responsibility for you know regular and open communication schedule that really focuses on the objectives of where we are now and where are we going, has anything changed, how do we make adjustments? You know, there's numerous other benefits and exclusive traits to our firm that collectively makes us unique when you do a side-by-side -side comparison. You know, besides operating under an NDA, we have a flat organizational structure, which really allows for faster communication and, and an increased level of accountability. We prefer exclusive relationships. We're selective in the companies that we elect to work with as their partner. And I'm happy to discuss more of the distinctive traits, but I'll leave it at, at these for now. And I wanted to provide a final word of caution. A, a common mistake I've seen often, and I've personally experienced this, is for a company to hire numerous headhunters to help fill a position. Not only is this set up for failure to be blatant, but it, it's stupid. If you have a unique position to be filled, there are only so many qualified candidates that meet the criteria you seek, and the quality headhunters will quite often contact several of the same candidates which devalues the importance of the position as, as viewed by the prospective candidate. And, and simultaneously, you won't get the best work out of headhunters as there is just too much time and risk involved in putting in the difficult work required to fill the role properly. One or two headhunters are sufficient, but if you have more than that, all the headhunters do is to get all the potential candidates in front of you, the client, into a database as quickly as possible, whether they're qualified or not. You know, they will cast a very wide and broad net, you know, out there in the potential pool of candidates. So if any other headhunter brings in the same candidate, 
then that headhunter is disqualified from getting credit for the lead as any other, as another headhunter has already submitted the name. It's just a race to the finish line to be paid. That's all, that's really all it is. Uh, some will sell their dreams for small desires or lose their race to rats. So that's, that's a lyric from one of my favorite bands. So I, I want to insult your intelligence as you're smart enough to recognize what happens in the aftermath of all this. So the big question at the end, do you need a headhunter? Now, as a company encounters growth, hiring needs become more frequent and more specific. And as the needs become more specialized and more frequent, incoming resumes just don't work. So to have a, a proactive recruiting strategy, you're left with two choices. Either you hire internal recruiters in your HR department, or you're going to need to outsource to a headhunter, or, or a combination of both. Um, I guess so technically, you, you, you have three choices in that. So thanks again for taking time out of your schedule to listen. I hope you got some takeaways from this. Um, very appreciative you let me bend your ear for a short period. Uh, to find out more about our placement process and our differentiating solution, which I wish I had more time to go over, you know, we'd be happy to chat about your project. Uh, you can contact us through advisorfirstpartners.com. Uh, there you can get a bit more detail in the executive uh, placement tab. I've mentioned before on previous podcasts, if there's something you would like to share as a guest on the podcast, please reach out to us. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Anchor. Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you may listen. I wish you the best of luck in your search, and thanks again for listening. Take care.